Welcome to A Chat with Benedetta, featuring our founder, Julia Fowler. In this podcast, we discuss everything you need to know about skincare, who and why Benedetta, and how to get the best use out of your Benedetta products for vibrant, timeless skin. Hello, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year. It's the first podcast of the uh 2020 year 2020 it's super exciting that is so cool 2020 yeah nice uh you know symmetrical yeah. round number yeah i like it yeah so we got a couple things to talk about today one of the things was that um i julia i was telling you earlier that um i spoke with a customer today who was talking about um using toners and um she was talking about you know she just started transitioning to using uh the benedetta line and she said oh um, can I switch out, you know, a toner that I'm already using with your toner? Because I believe that, and she thought that the Crystal Radiance Hydrating Elixir, because it was the second step in a skincare regimen and was a liquid spray. Third step. Or third step, yeah. counting the mm-hmm. eye cream. But mm-hmm. using it after you cleanse your face and it's a liquid spray, that that meant that it was a toner because mm-hmm. that's the form that a lot of toners take mm-hmm. in other you know other lines. And so I told her, oh, well, you know, actually um, that's not a toner and that um, Julia, our founder and formulator, does not believe in toners and all the tonifying effects mm-hmm. you know, should be in the cleanser itself. And so... I think a lot of people um, are surprised to hear that, not um, not upset once they are told like, well, here's what a toner, quote unquote, is actually meant to do, and here's what our line actually does. But one of the things that you've spoken about a lot is the idea of design and purpose, like mm-hmm. how the products, you know, every ingredient mm-hmm. is active and they're on purpose. It's not mm-hmm. just there to smell good or just there to you know, to sound good uh, mm-hmm. from a buyer's perspective. But then I think people hear, oh yeah, of course, everything is designed with a purpose in mind. But like, what does that actually, <laughs> what does that actually mean? To, you know, if you're putting the cleanser on your face, like sure. what is the purpose behind that design, yeah. right? So everything individually has design and purpose, mm-hmm. but there is also the system of use and how things work together. So they're not individual by themselves. They become their own ritual, so people are used to rituals, um, but they almost become their own product, like one product in a way, right? Better together than apart. I'm mm-hmm. constantly, I'm, I'm constantly talking to people about, don't just buy one thing, don't just use one thing. Ah, look at you, are you using the cleanser twice a day? Do me a favor, use it twice a day, tell me what your experience is, right? spotted on that area that you're breaking out because it's not really manifesting. So there's some things that seem more allopathic in nature. Take for instance the control cream, right? So the control cream isn't part of the system of use. It's a it's a an, an alone product in a way. So is the seaweed mask. Um, they're specific to a disorder and that disorder would be a blemish. Uh, blemish of a viral or bacteria nature. Um, I do not use phenol oils. The phenol is a hotter oil in a category and a classification, a chemical classification as a phenol. And phenols are, and I've said this before, like uh, oregano oil. People know what oregano oil is. They take it internally for 
you know, colds and flu. Some people actually will go through a bout of oregano oil when they're doing cleanses, you know, a parasite cleanse or whatever. Um, you wouldn't want to take that ongoing for a very long period of time because it's not adaptogenic, meaning that it's, it, it is going to cause some sort of a crisis long term. So just because things are from nature doesn't mean that they're always safe. Um, topically, I pretty much as a formulator from the get-go did not want to use those. But we were just having a conversation about the botanical family, which is something near and dear to my heart. And later on in years, I started using the term um, plant intelligence, found out that some of my colleagues that I hadn't yet met when I started using that term plant intelligence, and then upon meeting them and knowing they were in the botanical world themselves, also use that term, plant intelligence, and I found that it was this kind of universal thought without any of us knowing or reading a book on plant intelligence, which I'm sure there are many now, um, just intuitively knew to call it an intelligence coming from the plant. We used to say that essential oils were more of the life blood or the essence of the plant vitality, uh, and that there was a huge difference between, let's say, something you could relate to a peppermint oil, essential oil that's been distilled uh, versus a uh, macerated uh, leaf, right, that you would use in a tea. You'd macerate it in hot liquid or put it in the sun and it would impart the energy of the leaf so much into the, into the water and it's great for digestive upsets and this sort of thing and you drink it. Very different. You're not going to take an essential oil and just put it in your mouth and drink it. Even at the smallest amounts, probably give you, probably burn your tongue a little bit. Um, wouldn't be the same thing. You wouldn't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a difference, and it and it it it's something to really gain quite a bit of respect for. So as many people know, we make extracts within Benedetta. Sometimes it's better to have an extract than it would be to have an essential oil of the same botanical. Uh, so it's in understanding, design, and purpose of that individual single raw material, let's say. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's something there. Then we were also talking about all the different phases that go into any kind of a production. Let's say the cleanser is a three-day process, and we have many different phases, and without giving you know, my secrets away, because there are too many copycats out there, and there are. I'm not mean-spirited about this. This is a truism. This is true. Um, we, in those phases, change the dynamic of any single ingredient that was put in a phase. So the phase could have two, three, four, five, six ingredients, raw materials. Once they marry together, their entire DNA and structure changes. So there's a design and purpose behind that phase, and they are only good in their phase if we take all the raw materials and we have, by the insistence of people that were trying to sell us some sheer mixers, and they were absolutely blown away that nothing could hold together. <laughs> and we were also talking about if somebody's trying to copy my ingredients, good luck with that. I don't really truly mean good luck, I'm being facetious, um, that it wouldn't hold together unless they use some sort of plasticide or carbon mode to do so. But what would be the point? So in my earlier years of formulation, when I was being told I could never do this, 
this wouldn't work. You need these things in order to hold things together. And, and every cream and base before me had done this, had used petrochemicals, and moreover used all sorts of emulsifiers to hold things together. But because the preponderance, even if it's 80% botanical, you know, it doesn't, it's like, what about that 20%? You know, in my earlier writing when I was formulating in the very beginning, I talked about the bases, you know, being as clean. And it's interesting because I don't see anything as a base anymore, but that's a, that's a chemical or a chemist's kind of terminology. You have your base ingredients and then you have your active ingredients. Well, it's funny that we use that term, everything you smell is an active ingredient, because I don't think anything individually is an active ingredient, meaning this, that, you know, if I call something neroli, it doesn't mean the neroli is the active ingredient. I think that's a, a misinformation. And that's another thing that we just get used to. You know, our culture shifts with information, right? So if the bigger players in the world and the biggest voices in the world are collectively empowering our ears with this is the way you do things. You know, you have white creams in jars and they're going to change your skin. We believe this. If we, you know, I mean, think about the cleansers 30, 40, 50 years ago. They were not all. Europe, Europe was a little ahead of the time. And, and, and interestingly enough, that's with, you know, modern science did we start having the soapy cleansers. Because in the old days, they just put straight lard or oil on their skin to clean it. They found that if they did that, they'd get the, the grease off, right? The dirt off. Um, and I think if you go back into antiquity, into the Egyptian era, I think they did that. I think they used just straight oils and maybe essentials. They macerated aromatics and they had their own way of distilling and macerating those oils. Um, and they were onto something. But with the invent of modern medicine, we kind of changed things up. Somewhere along the line in the 40s, people were using toners. Why? You know, because you were using a soap on your face, which only surface cleansed, but it felt squeaky clean. You felt like it was getting cleaner, but maybe just not clean enough because it wasn't penetrating you know, really, even into the deeper, not even deep layers, just, you know, surface cleansing. So the idea of a toner was to minimize your pores. If this is answering your question for her, um, minimize your pores and maybe a secondary part of the cleansing process. So I didn't really think, oh, I need a toner in the cleanser by virtue of what I wanted the cleanser to do to the skin, and as a practitioner and an esthetician, I wanted, I wanted to release debris through our lymphatic system. And when I say debris, I mean grimy skin, mm -hmm. congested skin. So the intention behind it was, you know, what type of oils go on? What do they marry well with that will deliver what will those things deliver? What, what pieces of raw materials will be able to be delivered into the bloodstream through these combinations? Mm -hmm. So design and purpose. So there's a huge piece of the design network. And 
you know, the reason we talk about the cleanser a lot is the foundational product is the first one you use. All the other products are only going to be as good as how purified your skin really is. And it can be really overstimulating for many people, so please be aware of this for those of you with cystic acne. It's, if you are a 12-year-old with cystic acne, this is your divine product. If you're a 40-year-old and you've been on tetracycline and proactive and any retardant, this is probably going to be a purging of some time and I would suggest an elimination diet and purify at the core level of who you are, you know, and really kind of uh, find out what's going on. And the reason it works well because it's a holistic product for the 12-year-old is because they don't have all of that interpretation of healthy skin. And it really is just an interpretation. And we, as conscious human beings, we deliver those messages pretty rapidly. And I think the worst isn't so much, it is bad enough, the Accutane and the Tetracycline and the Proactives and the, and the retardants, I call them. Um, but we, we gain a belief system that this is what is helping us. And then mm -hmm. when we decide to get off it and we start breaking out, or birth control is also another one that people take, and then they get off the birth control and all of a sudden their cystic acne comes back. They don't want to take the birth control again, but they're, oh my God, what do I do? Now they're in a panic stage. And that panic stage is really more up here. And that was the same thing with a recent guy who had, you know, a different disorder, right? Same thing. Every time you break out, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> what can I get? What can I get that's going to get rid of it right away? And it just doesn't work that way. You know, sometimes it takes a little longer, or you need to breathe. And the 12-year-old is just trusting, right? So there's that, and they're receiving, but it's just you don't have all of that other, you know, gunk to keep you from really healing. So I think there's a lot to be said for what we think, and we talked about that in our communication podcast. But when it comes, you know, going back to, I digress, going back to, the design and purpose. So for that, there was quite a few different elements in the design. And the purpose needed to work for the majority of people, knowing that I, I can't, I don't know all of the people. This isn't custom blended for each individual person, the way you would go to a holistic practitioner, and even they usually have their, you know, five steps or whatever right. they're gonna do for most everyone. Everybody should drink, you know, apple cider vinegar and everybody, you know, I mean, it, it would be nice if, it, if I could customize for each individual person, but I put a lot of time and thought into the majority, right? Who you are and how you design it. I also created it for the practitioner. So the practitioner would leave it on the skin and massage longer for those that might have thicker skin, younger skin that's more congested. They may need a little more of a workout. Uh, for the person that's older and the skin is just kind of barely hanging on their bones and they have, you know, some sensitivities, maybe the product goes on, it disappears, and it's washed off immediately, you know. So, so it's, it is customizable. And then there's the spotted on, right? That actually came much later. So I did not, I did not have design and purpose for that um, when it was in the elements of creation. Um, but all of the products are usually created by understanding the purpose of what the skin needs for this particular product, right? Important. Why does the skin 
get grimy? You know, is it is it largely external or is it also excreting from our bad diets, mm-hmm. <laughs> the way we think, our stress levels? You know, and, and it's both. The answer is both. So I wanted something that the majority of people can have that it would be effective to like, uh, for the for the lymph to do its job and and drain that debris without causing harm, as if the formula itself is adaptogenic, right? Causing no harm. Um, and I couldn't be happier. I mean, that is a divine product, you know, ahead of its time, and really developed from an understanding of the botanical families and how they married well together what oils, whether they be essential oils or the hydrosol waters uh, or even the clay that's used in that product, um, you know, how they were going to marry together and shift their composition and become more of a unit. And I don't think anyone is formulating like that. Certainly the people that laughed at me and said that I would never be able to do this, hold it together and what was the point anyway when the molecule of these raw materials were so large, they'd never penetrate through the top layer of your skin. That is a lie, that is wrong, wrong, right? And we learn this, science evolves. But when you're pigeonholing, you know, botanicals, and you think because you've been doing something for 30 years, only using inert botanicals that are laced with petrochemicals and, you know, using plasticides in a white balm, and then just talking it, you know, I mean, we've changed, skincare is so disruptive, I think, because it gives such bad information over the years, right? I mean, five years ago, Skin Inc. was saying, you know, some, some authority was saying that natural skincare just doesn't work. We need the chemicals, we need the glycolic peels, we need these things. I am here to say that there's an effective way to purify, regenerate, protect your skin and make it better than it was you know when you started as you use it you know than any chemical that is going to strip your skin get rid of a few wrinkles and then in the long term dehydrate your skin right and then cause the same problems that you went to the dermatologist to get rid of so that doesn't make any sense it's illogical and the idea that we blanket ourselves with sunscreens that penetrate and accumulate weeks after we use them and sit in a place in our bloodstream that our bodies don't recognize as real and deposit them somewhere. So now we have tumors. Now we have toxic blood. Now we have hypo this and hyper that. And it's just saying, it's illogical. And so when they, and, and, and you know what, what else? Stop using the essential oils in these things, okay? Because everybody is using essential oils. Well, you know what essential oils do? They open the capillary. They open up uh, an area to give you a vehicle, it's like a vehicle to transport, right? It's transporting. Now those chemicals, I mean those, you know, minerals are usually very large but some measure of it is being transported into your bloodstream. So people only add, I don't care who they are and what a multi-billion dollar company they are, they're adding essential oils because essential oils are now trendy and popular and everybody is, 
Everybody knows what they are. Mm -hmm. I come from an era, 30 some years ago, no one knew what an essential oil was. In the beginning of Benedetta, the first 10 years, I had to explain to people what they were. I mean, not that much. People knew Aveda and they knew essential oils. But we have, we've kind of bastardized it, just like we bastardized organic and we bastardized natural. When I started in this industry, we bastardized natural. I never would say natural because it was, it was idiotic what people were calling natural. None of it was natural. Now we have to be careful with organic. Mm -hmm. So design and purpose is, is multi-term, multi-use. It, it could mean within the design and purpose of the individual product, but how it works as a unit in the facial regimen. You know, we always talk about the facial regimen, but it really does translate out into all Benedetta products. Yeah. Um, another standalone product would be the hair tonic. You know, that was specific to the design and purpose behind it. And I would say all skincare has a purpose. They, it's like this is for dry skin, this is for oily skin, this is a hair tonic. I'm not the only one with a hair tonic. But I wanted something that was going to be for seasonal itchy scalp. You know, that was kind of my first thought. You know, itchy scalp, inordinate, you know, exfoliation. People need exfoliation of the scalp. Um, it seemed like there's a lot of people using Rogaine and the things that stimulate the follicle. Um, I wasn't really so much thinking about that. Um, but since having the hair tonic, we've had numerous, you know, we have them on the reviews that they've, people have gotten new hair growth. Um, but I've had people that, you know, they haven't been able to use shampoo for years because their scalp is so sensitive and they have other issues as well, but um, it's really rewarding to hear that. Uh, so I make it for them because it's really, really one of the very few things we ever talk about. Uh, even in the store, it's the last thing we have to sit out and there are people really looking so they'll go over and, and want to know about it, but, you know, we're all so focused on on the facial line, you know, that we're such a small company, uh, wanting to grow and get a voice in, in, a, in an industry that um, companies like mine have in the past become voiceless. And I'm hoping that in 2020, uh, I can have a greater voice about how I formulate. But it you know, this has been, I'm going to be honest, this has been a year of a lot of rejection in trying to, and you can attest to this because my whole team has been trying. And when you hear from people, oh, your message is like so many others, that's hard to take. That's hard to take. And it's not just, you know, we say this every time, but it's very interesting. And I think I, I bring it out to the public like this or anyone that's listening because I'm really open to suggestions about that, you know? And I like the question because it really is, it's something that, it, that needs to continue to be asked. Yeah. Because each time there might be another piece of this puzzle that I can unlock, you know, that I can unfold for people and they can understand that, you know, at least I have created this line uh, to work as a unit, um, and that even the standalones are really excellent in, in what they are supposed to do. So take the control cream. We did not use the phenols. 
Um, I did not see another product out there that was anywhere close to this product. And I wanted one that, of course, was 100% botanical. Of course. That, uh, that addressed not only the blemish, but the scarring that comes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, with the eye cream, I wanted to know why people liked eye creams, why they hated them, and what they expected to get out of them. And what I knew about the eye area and how delicate it was and how I wanted to treat it as such. But that I didn't, if, if you were using Benedetta as a unit, there was absolutely no reason to have an oily or a waxy eye cream. And I just thought it was idiotic with some companies, and I won't say who they are, that would put the eye cream on and then take it off because it was so waxy. Um, and one of the things people didn't like about eye creams was that it would get in their eye, that it was too, it was too oily. So this idea that the heavier it is, the better it is, is just, in my opinion, idiotic. Mm-hmm. So I, I really put a lot of thought and energy into, you know, the eye area, the heat around the eye, how thin it is. You have no oil glands. That's something that could soak in and just kind of shift that area and, and cool it down a bit because it feels like we need to cool it down. We, our eyes get strained quite a bit. I know mine do. That's yeah. one of my favorite things about the eye cream. I don't know, the thing that makes it seem different to me is that, you you know, what you, we always tell customers, like, less is more, just use a little bit, mm-hmm. tiny bit, whereas, as you said, there's sort of, like, this idea of more is more, where, you know, it's all it's all a scam. They just they just <laughs> want you to cake it on so you'll buy another bottle as soon as possible. I'll let you say that, yeah. Right. I mean, truly. You know, but a lot of it, I think, is often, you know, maybe they actually do believe, oh, if you put on more and more, it'll help more, but it's also sort of, you know, obviously you didn't design the eye cream, for example, to be sold as often as possible. You designed it first and foremost to, for the best possible use for that area of the face for that purpose first, and then, you know, and that was why. It wasn't, you know, you weren't thinking, okay, what's best for the eye, but also what's most marketable also. I never think that way. Exactly. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's I different. have never thought that way. And I think that I had the luxury, you know, I had a husband who was, you know, getting up in the morning and pouring concrete and actually, Todd, you know, allowing me to take my time. And I wasn't, I, I didn't really understand business. I mean, I think I've always been an entrepreneur, always. Um, but I was just incredibly humble about my own worth. And I was saying to you earlier, I said that that's been my, my downfall if I have one. I think I just became too I'm not worthy or something. I don't think I, I really am that kind of a person. I'm, I'm pretty much this is what I did and this is how I did it. But I think that I didn't grandstand and I didn't market first. We talked about that a lot in the mm-hmm. earlier podcasts. You know, I've written a lot about that. Um, but I think, you know, I raised three children to question and think, not constantly question authority, not be rude, not be entitled, um, but follow your heart. Take a breath. If you feel like something is wrong, beware. Pay attention to that. Question. And I designed Benedetta so many years before launching Benedetta. I started with the hydrating elixirs because I saw a systemic need 
opt for internalized water. I used to always get, you know, water used to come in glass containers back in the day, and I always got spring water, you know, glacier water, spring water, always understood the necessity to drink water before bottled water existed. Um, and, 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 and was, and lived with and around and worked with and around people that had the same conviction. This was my tribe. So we didn't really, you know, we were in this world, but we didn't really, yes, and we thought quite differently than most people. But, you know, out of it came the health food industry, you know? And, and most of the progressives that started the health food industry are, you know, multi-trillion billionaires now, right? Because it was a good idea. And it's shifted the way we, we think about health and wellness. You know, there are more vegetarians and vegans than there certainly were when I was a kid. But it's, it's to pay homage. I almost feel like paying homage or respect to this person, myself. That's what we were talking about in the earlier years of creating this. I, re I recently wrote Julia's Journey. And it's just, it's just a couple paragraphs. I was literally re writing um, an introduction to Benedetta, and I'd asked you before we got started to take segments of it, maybe put it on the website. But um, it was basically for new acquaintances that are in business, you know, either acquisition, people with investors, or, you know, stores that want to bring me in, right? So it's really more about, don't you want to know about the story? Because we're hearing so much, oh, I have 20 products that look just like you. Sorry. That's tough. That is crazy. Well, don't you want to try it? Can I? And we do the best we can. I mean, I think our brochure gives good information. And I think we do this podcast to give information. Um, but we're living in a very strange world of marketing. And so... I would have people question, and I think my customers, by and large, are people that question. They question it. I have people walk by in the store when I'm there, and they're skeptical, and they should be. They should be. And, you know, I'm here to help you, and if, if for some reason I can't, off you go. But I, you know, I really did. I mean, there's there's some products that are on the back burner right now. You know, we just feel that uh, financially we need to get Benedetta where it needs to be um, with the products we have, and not not just financially. It goes hand in hand, but to really get people to understand the system of use and not just make three thousand other products. That's what other companies do. I don't do that. Um, you know, the the. Nighttime Repair came out because I, I saw a need for it some years ago. And it started with finding Kakudu Plum and how enamored I was with that botanical and what its uses are on an antioxidant level. And I'm really intrigued with any botanical antioxidant I get my hands on. And they all, a lot of them overlap with one another, but if they come from different parts of the country, there's usually something very indigenous, truthfully indigenous, uh, to that particular antioxidant and how it may, may or may not marry well with another botanical, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred miles away that have about the same disposition, high in vitamin C, great in omegas, breaks down easy, the body can recognize it, utilize it. 
but then people do very little research on it because they have no money to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming out of indigenous cultures like Kakudu or, you know, or maybe it's called Kakadu. I still don't know. We've got to find that out. Um, or Amalaki in India. Um, or olive leaf in Italy, right? Or green grapes that we use green grapes that have this beautiful profile of the botanical stem cells that actually kind of mimic our own stem cells, right? How that marries well. So there's a lot of interest in the design of each botanical, but not on a laboratory, you know, uh, point of view. You know, a lot of these supply companies have their amino acid 540, and then they popularize it so greatly that every skincare company is, is using it. And they'll literally post, if you don't have this in your product, you don't have a product worth anything, right? And then we're all sheep, and we all believe that. But, you know, it really comes down to what is going to allow us to be our healthiest, right? If you're using Benedetta, it's going to be the best that I feel I could do for you so that your skin is glowing. But if you're eating processed foods and you're smoking and drinking and getting three hours sleep, you know, this is a holistic lifestyle. So I I think that I do attract those that are, you know, trying to adhere to all of that. But I believe that this line is super healing. And, you know, we talk a lot about the five-step and the three-step night, you know, but the Ombra is really for people that are going through some trauma in their skin as well. And I can say that on a podcast. I can't really write about it because I'm not allowed to make claims, and I don't want to because I'm not here to state that everyone who has psoriasis or they have a laser burn. Um, But I find the Ombra, when you think of anything that's burning, you know, you get a sunburn. That's your first line of defense. That I would run to get that. I would not leave home without it if I was going to the beach. My goodness, you know, that is what's going to nourish, heal, and repair my skin at a deep level. There are few oils on this planet that aren't in this product. And what I mean by that, that are the most efficient. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see the color of that product. Um, this isn't about grandstanding for marketing only. This is about understanding how the skin works and what it needs to repair. I myself have been very open about getting certain treatments done. I do the microneedling and, oh my gosh, I'm running to get anti-inflammatory right away. Secondly, Ombra, to just nourish, heal, and repair immediately. So. You know, any kind of laser treatments. You're, you're, we're getting into ski season now. You go skiing. You go from high altitude to opera skiing, you know, where you're sitting in front of a fire. All not great for your skin, right? I would definitely take Ombra Cream along for that. So that's rewarding to me to design things that are of great need for the dysfunctional skin. Right? The, the skin in need of that kind of repair um, when you're in crisis. So I address that altruistically because that's what we need. I don't make 300 cleansers with tutti-frutti scents. And then, I mean, people still come into our space. 
you know, into our store and just smell. And then, you know, whatever they like is what they use. And that is just something that we have learned to do mm-hmm. in our culture when really we need to shift that culture and think differently, you know? So I'm here to say, I didn't design this. I did not design any of the products to map or look like anything else before me. I do not copy other companies. I do not go to labs that have base ingredients and then add your tutti frutti so that you could put your name on it. Um, So it really is broad that design and purpose and and a topic that we should probably continue to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, our secondary topic today, which we also want to talk about, which we still have time to we talk about. We finally got in skincare. We did, we yeah. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, but um, one of the other things that we want to talk about today is just the fact, you know, it's the new year. Yeah. And so it's a time where everyone's got their news resolution to maybe go on a detox, to, you know, start eating healthy, to sort of cut toxic chemicals and toxic substances out of their life. You know, some people, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to get sober. Or I'm I just gonna smoked. Oh, I didn't. Not <laughs> me. Not me. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Can you imagine? No way. <laughs> I'd be shocked. I I'd, I'd be shocked. <laughs> Who would that girl be? But no not, judgment. No, no judgment, judgment, of course. It's just very <laughs> unlike me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like a lot of people, that's the time when they're, you know, they start cutting out the things that are life that they consume. But one of the things that I think is um, and we were talking about this the other day, that is actually something that's maybe good at the, you know, the beginning of every year to consider is the toxic presence that can be in your life that can come from other people, whether that's toxic energy, toxic relationships, you know, toxic friendships, and thinking of it not just people who are maybe mean to you, but specifically it's people who impede your growth in some way. Yeah. You know, even if you like them very much and they're your very good friends and you love them, that that doesn't mean that they're not harmful influences. And I mean, do you have any experience with that specifically? Almost daily. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I run a company. So without <laughs> getting into and insulting any employees, um, yeah, I mean, just this morning, we have somebody sick, we have independent work people in this. I mean, this is different. We're talking about just, you know, toxic vampire type of energy. Yeah. You, know, you could get on a bus or a subway and feel great when you get on and get off and go, oh my God, mm-hmm. and just get a whiff of depression or just feeling bad. I mean, that we don't have, well, actually, we do have control over it. We've talked about blocking. Yesterday we did talk a little bit about that. Yeah. About just being mindful of not feeling good or feeling icky energy or somebody that just attacks you for no damn reason, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm walking here, you know, I mean, you just never know. You know, you go to cross the street and someone could roll down the window and do something. I mean, we've all had those weird things happen or... um, it can be that goes without saying, but we were we're talking. I think what you're alluding to is more the support. Yeah, you know, like who in our life really supports our spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, who supports? You know, what you want to do? Is it all about them? Are they narcissistic in nature? I mean, we would think we think of narcissists as really a horrible thing, but they're all around us. People, we work with them. They could be your dad. They could be your... It's true. Yeah. You know, it's a disorder that everybody bears a little of. 
And I think that it's really important. We always come back to this term mindfulness or consciousness, you know, or ethic. I find as a business owner, it's unparalleled to any kind of uh, surrender I ever did living in a monastic order. This is the hardest thing. And I don't want it to be in, we were talking about language last week, so I'm going to cut and clear what I just said. But it is something to find solutions. So every day has been somewhat challenging, mm -hmm. to be honest. You know, to be a mindful, kind person also means that you hold others to account when you see that there's hurtful activity. And when you do that, people react, you know. That's not that's the lack of support. So there's that, but in personally, I think it takes a lot to not be um, a, an enabler to those that are real close to you that may not support you. And is it is it time to just retreat? You know, a lot of people like to. I know I do. I want to. I'm in this room. I'm putting a sign up. I need some alone time. I want to practice, I want silence, and I want to breathe. And in so doing, I am fulfilled because I need that. I love having my own office here. And we talk about moving and sometimes the, you know, some of the spaces don't have individual offices. We just kind of have to segregate a little thing out. I love being able, I've got a candle lit right now, and I tune in here and I like to be able to close my eyes and just chill out, you know. I think need to, everybody needs to have a practice of where we can breathe, whether we do it communally where it's a church that you go to or you take a yoga class or a dance class. At some point in your day, take that time to really breathe and know what is your best and, and see who your real support is is your best friends and people you adore are them supporting you going and going on a binge i mean we are it is new year's eve today you know the majority of people are going to go and crack open that champagne and get a little crocked um i have no judgment i know personally that i can't do that a lot you know i um it just it's just different for me I don't like to feel tired and I don't like to feel off, you know. But I know that this is a time of year in particular where people self-medicate. And so the other end of that is just trying to jumpstart our systems. And sometimes you have a little crisis when you do that, especially if you go on a cleanse. Yeah. Know? So it gets worse before it gets better sometimes. Yeah. But and let's say you're doing it with two other people. Well, then there's your support. Yeah. And I think also that's a good way to think that, you know, maybe it will get worse before it gets better if it's, you know, also to cutting toxic people out of your life. Like, you might, especially if they're people who uh, were a large part of your life, you might be lonely, you know, because even if they are not the best presence, they were a presence. And so I think it's being willing to sort of have the vulnerability of loneliness and not having that be the block to moving forward with something healthier, you know. Because loneliness should never be, or the fear of loneliness should never be a reason to continue embracing toxic things, whether that's people or, you know. Because it's a, we're here to evolve. Yeah. You know, we want to evolve and we want people to support that evolution. Yeah. You right? 
I mean, it feels stagnant to continue to do, and if, you know, something in you just goes, this doesn't make me happy, you know? Yeah, and you're allowed then to feel move. that way. Yeah. And yeah. maybe some of it, too, can be that oftentimes there are people who can, who are stopping you from evolving, and they impede your growth, but they're not necessarily mean, or maybe they no. even have good intentions, or they, like, are sort of, like, what's the term, like, yes-men, or they just sort of placidly agree with you all the time, or just, like, you know, maybe enable some of your worst behaviors, or just sort of, you know agree with you but don't support you really in any way you know yeah. they can be well-intentioned nice people but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not toxic influences and people can be toxic without necessarily being their fault but it's okay to then recognize all of that and still say and then it's okay for me to take a step back from this for my own evolution and clearness you know you don't need to always be around people and you can even love people within your own family that don't agree with your lifestyle or yeah. your choices like why are you eating why are you not eating meat are you ridiculous or you know but but be respectful mm -hmm. and I think that when people are threatened because you're doing something that is really different or maybe something they would like to do but they don't want to go there they enjoy their 20 drinks or they enjoy yeah. their you know whatever their diet is right and they're there to pr we all have this in our life especially if we're vegetarian I've had this in my life my entire life uh, where there's always some one guy it's like oh here this guy is how come you're wearing leather shoes I mean I do I wear leather shoes okay I'm sorry vegans out there that don't wear leather shoes I respect your choice <laughs> But, you know, what? well, I don't eat my shoes, you know. Um, I think it really comes down to respecting other people and what they do without judgment, you know. And maybe be a little curious if you love that person, why they're going in that direction. Really, why are you taking yoga? Why are you taking Pilates? How come you, you know, really, you're going to bed at 9 o'clock? You're insane. Why are you doing that? It's Friday night, you know. That's, that's not support. That's, you're not making me happy, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think life is short, and we need to evolve and evolve with one another. We need each other. There's no question about it. You know, something comes up for me all the time. We started putting, putting our ad together. You know, we talked about accountability. We talked about kindness and mindfulness in an ad. Mm -hmm. Because we live in an age where people, I mean, maybe we talked about this in the communication podcast, where they ghost you mm -hmm. publicly. I mean, we had all sorts of people apply for a job. We reach out to them, ghost, reach out again, reach out again, reach out again. Even on a professional level, reaching out to someone and having them just completely ignore you, completely ignore you, is so... I don't even want to say unprofessional, it's just rude. You know, who are we as a culture? How are, what's happening to all of us in the way that we communicate and what our kindnesses are? You know, when I have, you know, like someone today got sick and she said, I'm coming in anyway, I know there won't be anyone there. I called her up and said, stay home because I know this person, you know, I know she didn't lie to me, but I get plenty of, I'm a business owner. Okay, we have a store. I've had more than one. If you think that I don't have people lie to me and I don't see it, 
and I'm not allowed to say anything. And it's a horrible feeling. So the amount of surrender and trying to not be devastated by other people's poor energy is quite something. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm limiting how many business owners I talk to in a month or so because it's just a bitch fest all the time, you know? And, and, I, and I find that toxic, right? Mm -hmm. I find that toxic, but it's not that they're mean. They just need somebody to unload to. It's like, oh, don't get me started. And you have to listen to California law and how impossible it is and how, you know, everything is designed for giant companies, not small ones. And, you know, it's just, what is the solution there? To just have a bitch fest and constantly you walk away, you feel awful. I didn't help them. They didn't help me. You know, that's, that's kind of an unintentional to toxic relationship, mm -hmm. right? Where do we put our energy? What are the things that we say? Um, and how do they define our next steps and who we are? I would love to only have who work for me on all levels be people that are at least making that effort. And that empathy plays into it and accountability. Because I also find that being a business owner, that when people are unaccountable for the things they do that hurt others, that definitely impact other people and can't own it, you have no opportunity for, to forgive them for their indiscretion. And everybody makes mistakes. Everybody falls. We talked about that too. Mm -hmm. But then we need each other to help us up again. And forgiveness is easy when somebody isn't kind of evil maniacal. I hate to say right. put it that way, but that's what it feels like. When somebody is in plain sight lying and cheating and stealing, and I've had it all within the walls of Benedetta, which is an altruistic company. And so this ad that we're, we're trying to put together before Gabrielle leaves is really interesting mm -hmm. because it's really, it's kind of written, and we're not done yet, but it's really kind of written. Obviously, they need a certain skill set, but it's really written for, you know, collaborative, energetic person, but somebody who, you know, admits a, a fault when they yeah. have one. You know, like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. You know, oh, that's all right. Well, how can I help you next time? We can all talk together and it won't happen again. Um, as opposed to nothing, no admittance of a wrongdoing and just pretending or squirming or defending or that's really awful energy, awful energy. And I know people who work in, even in corporate, I think it's harder to work for small business. I'm going to say that out loud, but you know, people always say, oh, I'd much rather work for a small business than corporate, but there's, you know, you can't hide too much in a corporate setting either. Either upper manager is going to find you out and you're going to not have that job. <coughs> but kindness comes with communication too. You know? Yeah. You know, if, if you don't want a job, let people know you don't want it, you know, in that level uh, because we are in supposedly the best economy. Uh, it isn't for business owners in California, I'll tell you that right now, especially if they have retail. It is not. And you know, in, in this industry, it is really kind of expanded so much that it's just a confusing, loud, the internet is just, 
What did I say yesterday? The disinformation highway? The disinformation highway, yeah. Yeah. So we need to stick together. And, and that doesn't mean that you don't help your friends by saying, and that's the hardest thing to do, instead of ignoring them, to be able to say, you're not giving me what I need, you know, I really want to do this, you're condescending, or whatever it is. Yeah, and, uh, and maybe that's why it's, you know, you don't have to feel pressure to get it all done in one go. It's make it a new resolution to process and to work at. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's possible. I've done it. And yeah. it helped my life a lot. Yeah. So I think yeah. I, re I recommend, highly recommend it. I think everyone should work at it. And, and gravitate towards those. I mean, I did. You know, when I came to California, I started working in a health food store. I kind of just kind of meandered to the tribe I wanted to be around, you know, yeah. and to learn from and to grow with. You know, because we're here to grow, and we want to evolve, right? Every day, no one is perfect. No one's, you know, a mini god walking around. <laughs> you know, if they think they are, they've got a, a god complex. You know, we're all here. We all stumble, and it is nice to have empathy when someone is not doing well. I mean, I'm in a position where everybody looks at me like I am this pillar of strength, and I'm vulnerable, right? And sometimes it's nice to have somebody raise my morale because it's not always there when I have a closed store and then I get yelled at by management that I'm closed and I'm 50 miles away and I'm in production or I'm <laughs> doing a podcast or I'm doing, you know, spread so thin. And it's, it's amazing. I don't think people realize that every action has an action, mm -hmm. and that how often do we put others before ourselves, and how often with our own mindfulness and consciousness do we see things that are happening that we can be of value. You know, when I hire people, everybody uses the same line. I want a job where I can be um, valued for my excellence. Mm -hmm. You know, that's usually what people want. And that's not a bad thing, because people should be supported. But you are what you give, yeah, and who you are, you know, and how you, you know, how you work with other people, yeah. So it's it's a very interesting thing, you know. And I'm I'm constantly, I mean, I got into biofuel tuning for this reason, <laughs> you know. I right. mean, I I needed to definitely get into a place where I cannot make sense of what's happening on the mundane matter plane. I need to just be into a different consciousness here and just help, you know, sound energy just move me into that balanced place because, you know, there's, there's, there's so many things to take you off balance, you know, listen to the news. It's disturbing. It's disturbing to know that half the country thinks a certain way and that we have concentration camps in our country, you know, the things we grew up knowing that only happened in, you know, Germany. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's always genocide on the planet, but, you know, the things we think of in history that have happened, that is, that's not a good day. I mean, I stopped listening to the news a little while ago before the holidays because it was just too disturbing. I found myself definitely um, gutturally being sick from it, and that's not helpful or proactive. You know, and I, and I have a lot of opinions about things um, that aren't happening, and so it could be disturbing. That doesn't mean you don't try to make a difference and vote and know know what's going on, but 
you know, if you need to take a break and move away to save yourself and be better for collective, I have a lot of people depending on me. Um, that goes without saying. So, yeah, uh, you know, I need to be strong, and we need to be strong for each other and for, you know, I mean, health really comes from that strength. You know, we need to sleep well and drink well and eat well and, and just be aware, you yeah. know. Gabrielle, you need to drink more water, you know, <laughs> and just take care of each other. Julia, did you, eat, did you eat lunch today? I haven't seen you eat lunch. You know, just, you know, kindnesses that we give each other matter. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, it looks like we're almost about out of time, but we I did it again. We did again, but I think that's a really nice place to end it, that it's, you know, it's okay to, you know, listen to yourself. Yeah. Well, we wish you guys a happy new year. Happy new and, year. And uh, we hope to hear from you more in the future. If you have any uh, topics you'd love to hear, any tips that you have for us here at Benedetta, we're always open to what you guys have to say. But until next time, we'll talk to you later. So bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to A Chat with Benedetta. You can leave us a message on the Anchor app, and who knows, maybe Julia and I will answer your question on our next podcast. You can get social with us. Our Instagram is at Benedetta Skin. Facebook is at Benedetta Skincare. And Twitter is at Benedetta Skin. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to speaking with you on our next podcast.